You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Today I have a guest expert on with me and her name is Katie Miles. She owns a practice under her name as well and also owns Habit Better, which we'll be talking about a little bit later into this episode, which is uh, sort of a mood tracker and EHR put together. I'm really excited to hear what she has to say about this, but we're going to be talking mainly about building and growing a practice that really just fits your personality. So Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Other than uh, what I was saying right before we started recording, it just turned super black out and is pouring rain. And I'm hoping that there's no crazy thunderstorms happening as we're (laughs) recording in the background. So if you hear a loud booming, that is Chicago having a day today. I would kind of love that. If I hear thunder, I'm going to be like, oh, so soothed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really excited. Tell me a little bit about you and who you are and what you do and why this topic is something you wanted to come on and talk about just for those that might not know who you are. Yeah. So honestly, if you would have told me I was going to be somebody who is an entrepreneur and running her own private practice and starting a whole nother business with her brother about like 10 years ago, I would not have believed you. I probably would have laughed in your face because I was in theater my whole life. I was a theater major at UT Austin. And I really thought that's the direction my life was going to go. And, you know, long story short, I ended up having what I call my quarter life crisis, where I realized like, oh, the thing that I dreamed of as a six-year-old dreamed of being didn't turn out to be what I wanted it to be or what I thought it was going to be, which I know happens to a lot of people. So I had to create a whole nother life plan for myself. And luckily I did have access to a therapist who I'd already been seeing for a long time. And so together we worked through the things that I love about what I was already doing about theater, about all of that. And we identified that I really just love the intimate study of human behavior. So I had a couple different directions that I could go, but I was like, you know what? Therapy actually sounds phenomenal. And so I jumped into that and got into grad school where came to USD, University of San Diego, and fell in love with it, thankfully, because that would have been disastrous if I would have jumped into something else and been like, oh, no, I don't like this either. But I did not ever really have 
the what I thought was the personality type to start and run a business. It was never never something I, I mean, my brother, he's a business major, he got his MBA. He was that person in the family. I was the little sister who would like put on performances and just like fly by the seat of her pants her whole life. Mm-hmm. And through going through grad school and then working with a couple, you know, wonderful hospital systems and community and mental health, I did realize like, you know what, I really want to do private practice. I want to be able to build my own life and my own business, mainly because I very much value my flexibility and my freedom. And working for other people does not really give you that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And so while, you know, I'm not necessarily someone who, again, even five years ago would have been like, hey, you should listen to me about starting a business. I feel like I am very qualified to talk to the people who don't think they can start a business because I was that person and I didn't think I had what it took or the skills that you should inherently have to do this. And I have now figured it out and I'm now running two businesses while also maintaining what makes me me, which I am very still love flexibility, flying by the seat of my pants. I prioritize fun. It is all possible to do. That's awesome. So kind of going that in this route, talk to me a little bit about managing work and play. I know that was something that you brought up initially when we were scheduling this is this balance of work and play. And I feel like that's a struggle for a lot of group owners who are you know, established and trying to continue to scale their business and be present, but also not kind of like succumb to not having a life outside of that. Yeah, absolutely. So something that my therapist and I figured out pretty early on in our work together is that I am the type of personality type that is very much motivated by fun. So if something is not fun in the moment, or if I don't think it's going to bring me to a fun place, like I'm out of there, like I cannot sustain my focus. And, you know, so that is something I've known, but it took me a while to figure out how do I do this in a world where when you're running your business, you kind of do have to do things that aren't really fun. There's a lot of admin, there's a lot of organization. And so that was a balancing act that I had to figure out. And I had to figure out a really unique time because I started my private practice in early March, 2020. And so that was ironic timing. And I thought I was going to be in this office space and be able to kind of separate home life from work life. And that was really important to me to be able to kind of like, okay, I'm at work and I could focus here versus when I'm at home, I can engage in like play and fun and leisurely time. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening is everything was up from home. None of us were used to that yet. And I got into a really big rut as far as like, I couldn't separate my work life from my home life. And everything felt really hard and really tedious and really stressful. And I was having no separate time for play. Yeah. And then couple that with, you know, everything was shut down. So I didn't have access to my normal play resources. But essentially what that proved to me is that I am not going to be able to run a good or successful business if I am not feeling good and I'm not able to tap into play as a resource. And so... Over time, I have made it my priority to build my practice in a way that allows me to tap into the resource that I need to sustain my work. So how do you use play in your business ownership? So your first business is the practice and your second one is Mm -hmm. this app that you built with your brother that is mood tracker meets an EHR. So tell me 
how you incorporate play into your entrepreneurial self? Yeah. So, well, I'll give one example. So marketing is a big part of this, right? Especially in private practice, like you have to like get yourself out there. There's not a clinic that's just setting you up with clients. And there are a lot of different ways that you can market, right? I was told a bunch of different ways of like networking and all that stuff. But I decided to actually take, I took the TikTok route. Did you? Um, I did. Yes. Again, this was like early 2020. So it was kind of really nice because that's when TikTok, I think, started blowing up in that kind of way. Otherwise, I had not heard of it before. And yes, TikTok was kind of like becoming a popular way for people just to jump in and market stuff. But the reason specifically that I chose TikTok is because it was super freaking fun for me to come up with these little skits or do these little audio dubs or just get creative with how I was talking with the world and potential clients. And it worked out really well. I love to say it's like the perfect marketing tool for me because it combines my theater background with my therapy practice. And so it was just even small things like that where it didn't feel like work to me because I had chosen the thing that tapped into like the child in me that just wanted to play. Yeah. That's really cool. I think a lot of us stop using play as adults, just yeah, generally. But I think even more so entrepreneurs, because there's this sense that it needs to be businessy. I very much operate not in a very businessy way and still could use a little bit of tapping into play myself. I think it definitely creates a more fun atmosphere and can also be a way to bring people on your team together right? If it's Mm -hmm. not always serious. So I love that idea. You mentioned like creating something that connects with your personality. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, this actually, I think articulated really well when looking at my brother and I, my brother and I who started Habit Better. And it originally we just built, it's like a mental health app. It's essentially like a tool to help individuals build better habits, but we use therapy-based practices. And we've now transitioned it because I want to be able to use my clients, but I don't want to have to task switch and just have another program that I need to use in my private practice. So I was like, you know what, let's just make this a client intervention tool and a private practice management system. So I don't have to switch back and forth. I basically built something for me and then I'm sharing it with the world as well. But my brother and I are really different personality wise. So I am very much motivated by fun, whereas he is motivated by like accomplishment, right? So when we first started working together, it was such a like illustration of how as entrepreneur, you really thrive by having those motivations like hit. Right. And we actually at first were like, did not compute. We were like, he wanted to like sit down and have these spreadsheets and like, you know, have, he's also like a scrum master, which I didn't know what that was. It's basically an individual who helps systems like business systems run more efficiently. Okay. So if you can imagine, he's like, there are deadlines, there are schedules. He has like these programs that he uses to keep everybody like very organized. Whereas I am just like, I write on scraps of paper for like, oh, I must need to do this thing later and put it on a little post-it. So at first we had to have a lot of serious talks about how we're supposed to work together. But we actually ended up really engineering building the business in a way that met each one of our personality types. So when we do run our business meetings, we'll do forms of brainstorming where I'm allowed to be playful and just throw in kooky things and even like bring in things that are going to like fulfill like my play personality, even in the way we take breaks. Whereas he gets to 
mark us on a schedule or put down certain deadlines. Because when we weren't fulfilling each other's personality type, we weren't making good choices. And we weren't creating things that we loved. For me, it really illustrated that if you're building a business for a different personality type, like what you think an entrepreneur is supposed to look like, you're not going to stay in it. Because there were many times where I kind of started to pull out because it didn't feel playful to me. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And it kind of goes to this like inauthenticity even, right? Is building this business of what we think others want from us versus building one that allows us to really bring our whole selves in. Talk to me a little bit about, you mentioned this idea of like giving yourself permission to be messy. And I think that plays a big role, not only in, you know, building businesses that really align with who we are, but also is a great way to model for the employees that we have and the clients that we have. Yeah, it was very much when I first started my private practice, I thought I was supposed to be a certain type of therapist and a certain type of business owner. And I tried to like play this role of a like professional And that came across in even my consult calls that I was having with clients. So I remember this one. It was pretty early on. I would say it was maybe like April or May of 2020. And I was still trying to figure out my formula. And the thing I figured out thus far was just not working. I was like trying to like have the answer for everything and be really professional, come off as if I'd been doing this for years. And I was very organized. And I remember this consult call where this individual was asking me some really specific questions about what therapy was going to be like, which understandably so, right? Of course, they want to know what it's going to be like. And the types of questions that they were asking, unfortunately, no therapist would really have an answer for. And yet I was sitting there freaking out, like my heart was pounding and I was trying to answer these questions for this person. And halfway through that call, had like that realization where I was like, I'm not giving them a good idea of actually what type of therapist I am. And I'm putting myself in a position where I'm answering a question that no one would have the right answer for. And so the phone call didn't go well. Like I ended the consult call and I was like, that was terrible. I had like a total <laughs> like, I was like totally freaking out. Ended up, they never worked with me, which is probably good. I don't think I was the right fit for them. But it made me have to grapple with being okay with not knowing everything, which I kind of call the messy of what we do. And it's a messiness that is inherent in being a therapist, right? There are so many times when we're sitting with our clients where we don't have the right answer and we're not supposed to have the right answer, right? We can just sit with the person where they're at. I feel Mm -hmm. like it also goes with like, you know, even being a business owner, having to manage employees, like you don't always have the right answer. And I can imagine with you building this EHR, there are going to be requests from people who all want a million different ways for the EHR to work. And there's gonna be times where with coding and with just what systems you're using, where it just might not be something that you can figure out in the moment or be able to do. And so like this space of being able to say, I don't know if this is something I can do. I need to do more research, you know, whether it's with your employees, with your clients or with people that you're working with. I think we're taught that we need to look like we have all the answers because otherwise people will say like, what kind of business owner are you? that you don't know how to answer this. And it took me too a real long time to get to a space where I totally embrace, I have no idea, but I'm gonna write it down and I'm gonna look it up. Or I think I know someone who knows this answer better than I would and going that route. And it hasn't led to people thinking less of me as a therapist or as a business owner or as a coach. And I just think it takes time and learn, like seeing yourself try to know all the answers to realize it just doesn't work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really admire people when I ask them something and they say, I don't know, 
but I'm going to try to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I had to turn that kind of like compassionate lens towards myself so many times because when I was holding myself to the perfection or I should know what I'm doing already, I wanted to run away. I wanted to give up. I wanted to stop. I felt like failure. And there are many, many times when you're starting a business where you are going to feel like you don't know what you're doing and you probably aren't going to know what you're doing. And if you have that lens that you should or that something's wrong with you, if you don't, or that that means you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, like, oof, that's gonna be hard running. You probably are going to walk away from something sooner than you should. You'll have issues with confidence and feeling, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Pastor syndrome. There we go. Yes. That like breeds lack of confidence. It breeds imposter syndrome of feeling like I don't know what I thought that I could be running this business. Who am I? Especially because we didn't go to school for it to run businesses. And so I think getting to the space where you can embrace problems, problem solving, being okay with making a mistake, that all of that just creates this space. I think one, to have more play, two, to be more creative, which I think is way more fun than kind of sticking within the bounds of what people put you into. And so I don't know, those are my... Yeah, and I love it. I think, honestly, therapists, because let's talk about the fact that like most of us in grad school do not get any training on how to run a business, which I think is a huge gap. But outside of that, I think therapists are actually set up to potentially really great entrepreneurs because we're trained to sit in so many unknowns. Like the study of human behavior, like, I mean, I know there are some things that are manualized and research and are wonderful. And every client you work with is so freaking different from one session to the next. You're not going, going like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. and I know exactly what I'm going to do. We're trained to deal with novelty and uh, sit in a curious place. And I think that that's a really amazing mindset for entrepreneurs. And certainly something that I've learned that when I tried to act like I knew what I was doing and I tried to be professional and take away all the things that actually motivate me, I was not doing well. And yet when I allowed myself to be me, to just be playful, to run the business in a way that supports how I want to be as a therapist and stay curious and sit in the unknown, I got way more productive and creative with both the businesses that I was running. Yeah. So I think the lesson here is creating a business that aligns with who you are, not only your values, obviously, but your own personality style that no business needs to look how you might see it presented by others. You can make your business look however you want and you can engage in that business in a tank top and shorts and flip flops or Uh, you know, like me with pink hair and tattoos and piercings or with a fresh pressed suit every day. And all of that is right. And all of that works if it works for you. Completely agreed. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on and chatting about kind of that messy space in the middle that I think a lot of us struggle with. And also just this idea of bringing in play, I think is highly undervalued. Even with myself, I often find that like there isn't space for play unless it's with my kids. And so even just yeah. on to talk a little bit about how bringing that in can not only spark creativity and happiness and, and joy for the work that you're doing, but it can also, you know, kind of have that trickle down effect with the other people that you work with. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you coming on and chatting about that. Good. I hope this encourages more people to play. And also as therapists, we really play is such a resource builder for us because a lot of the stuff that we do can be heavy. Yeah. And we're drained at the other at the end of the day. And play is one of the most potent 
stress relievers. And so everyone go play, go play outside in the rain after this, go run in the rainstorm. (laughs) Maybe taking a walk in the rain to get a Starbucks and enjoy (laughs) getting soaked. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. Well, it was good talking to you. Good talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join the Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.